episode 51 of the Rampant Mumblings, and hello everyone. And it's been a bit of a quiet week rapple news, that's for sure. Apart from that one rumour that just doesn't seem to want to go away, that they're going to get rid of the headphone port. As I've said this before, personally, I don't mind. I'm not exactly an audiophile, but I can't tell a semi-decent set of headphones from a bad set of headphones. Well, I say that because I'm looking at my wall now where I bought a set of Denon headphones, and you would think Denon, known for their audio quality, they were absolutely rubbish. They have no bass in them whatsoever. In fact, I've probably never spent more than about $35 slash £25 on a set of headphones, because I think I'm like... I think I'm representative of most iPhone users. I really don't see that many iPhone users, given the grand scheme of things, are going to go out there and buy new headphones. So if they can do something where they sound better than they do already, and that's going to be the key, it's okay to get rid of a port, but you've got to replace that functionality with something better than just changing a standard because of changing a standard's sake. If they can do that and it offers all these other room and features like being geolocationally aware and better sound quality and hopefully we don't have to deal with Bluetooth. Although, that does bring an interesting point. How are they going to do lightning to wireless speakers? Now, that would be an interesting one. Also, the rumors are abound as well that Apple are going to bundle these headphones for an additional $30, which would kind of mean that they're going to put some headphones in with it, but they'll be the standard ones. So we'll see, because there's no, well, there's nothing about this, no hard and fast stuff that's coming out until spring when we start getting the inevitable parts leaks. So because there's very little in the way of news, I managed to line up a guest. I've been trying to get onto the show for the last few weeks now, and his name is Ryan Dinning from Blockless.com. Blockless is a way... And I've, I've tried many times on how to describe this in a quick and simple way. Blockless lets you, lets you watch your TV services if in anywhere, from anywhere. So give you an example. If I'm, I'm here in the UK and I want to watch USA Netflix, I can. If I go away, well, I normally go away to Germany every year and I want to watch my Netflix when I'm in my hotel room, I can watch my UK Netflix in Germany, so on, so forth. But... There is a whole load more to it than just that. So without further ado, we'll go straight into that interview. And then after that, I'll be back and we'll jump into Nemo's hardware store. Enjoy the interview. So when you say it's cold in the Great White Hat, how cold are we talking? Yeah, pretty cold. So I think right now we're negative, negative eight. And then with wind chill, oh, sorry, negative eight degrees Celsius. And with wind chill, probably about negative 20, negative 35 or negative 30 in that range. See, that's what I like about Canada. You use the proper way of telling the temperature. You don't go Fahrenheit. (laughs) You go, oh, it's Celsius. Uh, Yeah, no, classic classic America. What can you expect? (laughs) Do you drive on the proper side of the road? Uh, No, not according to you. I think we're we're the right side. You're the left, correct? Yes, we're the left. That was great that I had to think about my own country then. What are the sort of what are the questions can I ask about Canada? Does everyone have a husky? Husky? Ooh, um, not not so much. More and more in the northern territories. Um, everyone's got a friend polar bear though, so that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so, so where so whereabouts on the Great White Tip are you then? So I'm located uh, personally in London, Ontario, which is pretty much kind of the central central south part of Canada. Uh, so pretty pretty cold winters, decent decently decently warm summers. 
but uh, pretty close to Toronto, actually. So I personally live in London, Ontario, which you being from the UK, you know, know London quite well. Um, so I'm in the London, Ontario, and then Blockless, we are located in Brantford, Ontario, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from Toronto. But you strike me as the sort of person who doesn't have to do a daily commute. You're one of those lucky work-at-home types. <laughs> I am actually kind of a bit of a split. So do do have an office that the team will kind of collaborate in. But for the most part, I do have the ability to work from home on days like today when it's negative 10 degrees and the highways are undrivable. And I'm guessing, well, we spoke about this before, didn't we? Because of where you live in Canada, uh, for those people who don't know in the world, your TV options are a little bit limited. I believe that you've only just really sort of got Netflix. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, it's kind of funny because we're right, right beside the U.S. So I guess you can call them our big brother. But here in Canada, we are pretty limited as far as the shows and services we get, even sports. Um, kind of in Canada, you may already know this, or for those of you who don't, but we have a monopoly with our kind of our telcos, um, Rogers Bell, and they pretty much own all our phone and internet packages, but they also control a lot of the cable and what's available for that. So because they kind of have this market really, really narrowed down, our options and availability for stuff like you know our Netflix content and different streaming services online is very limited. And the thing that's pretty brutal over here too is with our cable, and this might be similar for you, but you know, for basic cable, you're looking around you know, $60 Canadian. And then to really get the channels you're interested in as far as sports and the movie networks, you're looking like 120, 140 bucks a month for just basic cable when you really only want one or two of the channels. So that's kind of actually, that concept is definitely what got us into Blockless and, and how that all started out. Yeah, we've got the same thing here. Our, well, it's fair to say our sports is pretty much a monopoly by Sky, which is owned mm-hmm. by the mighty Rupert Murdoch, who has just got engaged today to Jerry Hall. He's, oh, what? Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, I think he's pushing on, what, 86? And she's pushing on 50-odd. <laughs> so and the way he did it was he took out an advert in The Times, which is, uh, I suppose, if you're going to announce an engagement, that's the classiest way to do it. But, yeah, we're in exactly the same boat. I mean, over here in the UK, we have... Um, we do have some cable companies, but they just tend to be re, uh, re, relaying, I should say, uh, Sky. Mm-hmm. So you're not really getting any that much unique content in the channels that sort of were unique to the cables, literally got swallowed up and bought by Sky. So you've either got free-to-air TV over here, although it's not really free-to-air because we have a TV license, but at least a couple of our channels we don't have to pay, uh, we don't have to watch adverts in, which is great. Now, so you've got limited, so you had limited TV over there. Was that your main inspiration to start at Blockless and get working with them? Yeah, so yeah, I'll kind of start with that. So, where when Blockless kind of originated and where I was kind of at in my involvement in the company, so at the time, this was about three and a half years ago, I was actually one of the co founders of my roommate at the time. You know, we were 21, 22. You know, working, but we didn't really want to. I'm a big sports guy. My roommate was a big movie guy, and we we were kind of looking the the Rogers packages and stuff like that. And you know, 140, 150 bucks on top of our you know our phone bills and our internet just didn't make sense. When you know, I just wanted to watch the football game every Sunday and a couple hockey games here and there. So we kind of looked into. So my roommate at the time, he and the three two other founders who are other developers and, and kind of masterminds behind the technology, kind of had a conversation one day like, hey, you know. I hear about this VPN thing where you can simulate these other regions of Netflix and really open up the catalog as well as 
you know, I know actually UK was one of the first markets we looked at because uh, actually of Sky Sports, they had a lot of online streaming services, which was way ahead with anything we had here in Canada. So that's how kind of the conversation started. And, you know, sure enough, one day, um, my roommate comes home and plugged in these. He's like, hey, we got this DNS uh, server we kind of created. Let's plug into the Xbox and see if she works. And, you know, three and a half, four years later, here we are today. So, yeah, the, the big thing was definitely just the, the inability to really specifically choose what you want to watch. And, and kind of having that custom content was really what inspired Blockless to be what it is today. So I suppose we should really tell people in a nutshell what, what Blockless is. And I, I was practicing this day after day after day, then you wrote <laughs> a script yesterday for me. So for those who are wondering what the heck we're on about, Blockless Online is unlimited access to online content no matter what country you're in. So this could be for things like Netflix, websites like the BBC, BT Sports, Sky, Now TV. Basically, if you've got an online service provider in your country, you can watch it from another country and vice versa. I think that's the the best way to sum up. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, of course, there are going to be some people that are going to be going on about the legalities of all this. But the way I see it is when I went to holiday, uh, when I went abroad to Germany and yeah, I was killing a few hours, half of the stuff on Netflix Germany I didn't want to watch. So by using Blockless, I could literally just set myself up and I was watching it from back at home. So there are legal uses to it. So we're not going to go too much into this. We, I think you'll agree with me. We neither condone nor condemn how you use this software, but it is an option to unlock content no matter what you are, especially on, I mean, one, one obvious example here is on Facebook because how many times have you seen, oh, this content is restricted in your area and it's only like a, a Fox News snippet or something like that. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And, you know, YouTube, yeah, Facebook and YouTube are actually two of our biggest emerging markets. But yeah, it's, I know when, you know, first started, it was just trying to get a couple of sports games and Netflix, but now kind of where the market's going now, it's the restrictions in all these different countries, right? On, on Facebook posts, news articles, knowledge of the world, basic YouTube videos are really restricted, especially depending on where you are. So yeah, that, that side of the business and the excitement use of technology the kind of the secondary market that's really emerged. Um, and it's also a pretty powerful thing. And Netflix have just opened themselves up to, what, what is it now, 138 channels? Yeah, uh, so countries? Exp- I, I believe they expanded to 130, so it's now close to 190 total. Um, but that's just, I'm extremely excited for that because besides the aspect of, you know, more, more regions for our current customers like that, Netflix is really, you know, they're, they're kind of changing the world <laughs> and the fact that they're going this global online broadcasting services, that's really allowing everyone to be exposed to the same content, be able to share these titles, which is, I, I think is a super thing what they've done because now even, you know, for, especially for expats, like I know for, kind of relate to our service, uh, we have a lot of users, especially from the UK and Australia and uh, parts of Asia and different parts, but even here in Canada and North America. But now with being able to have all these, you know, home countries, say someone's whether traveling or they move to a different country, now they're going to, be able to you know, hone in on these individual home markets so you can get, you know, the, the content and all the, the video and TV shows for your home region, which is really, really nice. Like I know in, in Toronto, here in Canada, we were pretty multicultural that way and have quite a few diversities. And already, like that's only been a couple of weeks, but I, I know I have friends and through our service, 
the excitement around being able to access, you know, stuff from back home in India or, or Nigeria or wherever these kind of new reach are expanding is like super exciting. So and that's the thing too with Netflix is doing. So minus on the note of just, you know, being able to get all these different catalogs, Netflix, from my understanding of it, their big thing, and you may have already noticed, is kind of go into this Netflix created content. Um, for years, they've been, you know, kind of this battle with HBO where, you know, Netflix has always wanted to be that online streaming service not just, you know, buying the rights for different movies, TV shows. Now that they're actually in this, you know, making and manufacturing their own content, that's probably one of the biggest things with this Netflix everywhere that you're really going to see. So from my understanding with a lot of these new expanded regions, majority of these catalogs are going to be Netflix exclusive content. So, you know, everyone's going to get the uh, House, uh, House of Cards, you know, Orange is the New Black, Longmere, whatever, Netflix exclusives. So all the regions are going to get that, which is great. And that means more can be made specifically for each region. But as well, then you can use a service like Blocklist to access, you know, like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or whatever other big titles you might be looking for. Yeah, Netflix, uh, they really have taken the ball by the horns with create, creating their own content. I mean, what mm. is it we've watched this year? House of Cards went through all four, three series of that. Jessica Jones. Um, oh, great show. Yeah, it, <laughs> okay. it, I like that because it, it had its down moments where it was a little bit syrupy and you were just waiting for the next big thing to come. But every time I think of that, I just think, you know what, it's so good that they can take their times telling the story. I mean, you just have to look at the opening credits, which, especially on the House of Cards, is almost so preposterously, preposterously long. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind because it's just the right amount of time it takes my kettle to boil. So absolutely <laughs> fine. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, what else have we got? We got F is for family that was dropped just before uh, Christmas, which is yeah. I like that because it, it was very much King of the Hill, a bit of Family Guy, a bit of American Dad. But then you saw that for, um, if I don't know if you watched it, but I watched the first episode and it's like, yep, yeah, King of the Hill adult version. But then it really just progressed into its own thing, and I'm like thinking, oh, when's it then? You know, straight away onto the internet, going to see if there's a second series. Um, Amazon as well. Now, I know Amazon is a little bit more different for blockless users to just give a bit of fairness, um, which I think we'll come to that in a minute. But you've got yeah, nailed sure. it straight on the head. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I sort of look at using blockless as a secondary service in so much as in the UK, we don't we have quite a lot of nice content. I'd rather go and stream it through Netflix rather than go and download it. And I tend mm. to use Blockless so I don't have to go through you know, the torrent sites uh, and risk my putting my Mac at, you know, malware in pop-ups and just watch it and stream it rather than taking up this space in time. Is that, do you find that sort of feedback coming from your user base? Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I think Steve Jobs was going to say it, but, uh, you know, the whole concept with you and iTunes, you know, people, people don't want to legally steal content and, and download it. They just want an easy option or an access to the stuff they want to watch. So I think that's kind of the same principle we've, you know, always taken in and kind of with the blockless service. But yeah, like I, I know for me, like I, when I was younger and stuff, sure, I used to turn here and there, but especially with the legality and how hard I know in Canada and places like Australia, I think UK, they're, they're getting pretty strict with that too. But uh, yeah, I know the ability to really yeah, pay for service because, you know, Hey, I, I want Netflix to do well, <laughs> the better Netflix does and they get money in my pocket, the more shows, regions and content they're going to produce so i, I have nothing wrong with that um but yeah that, and that's even kind of tied into the legality thing with the whole service like the nice thing with something like us is you know you're still paying 
the companies and the people who produce this content because you need a subscription to their services. So yeah, just for anyone who's out there might be, oh, with Blockless, I can you know access Netflix and Hulu and all for free. We'll let you access it no matter where you are, but you still have to subscribe to these services. So that's, yeah, that is a nice thing. But yeah, no, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Video. Um, actually, for us, we are, one of our largest markets is actually, you know, the BBC content in Skype sports. Like I'm a huge Sherlock fan. Um, and a lot, a lot of the, the British actors, you know, you guys, you guys know how to act <laughs> and do it properly. So one of our biggest even um, kind of service points and for customer base is even allowing, you know, Canadians, um, not just expats, but Canadians, Americans, Australians. Australia is one of the fastest growing markets right now for these type of services. I think it was with 330 million Australians, or sorry, 330,000 Australians, my apologies, had Netflix before Netflix even came to the country. So, and then BBC is also one of the most popular services down there for watching content. So <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, just, just to recap what you said on there, put my teeth in, that would help. Just to recap what you said, Blockless is a way where you can access services that you pay for. This isn't a workaround, so don't think you can go up and you know, just use Blockless and you're going to get free Amazon, Netflix, anything else. You still have to be subscribed to these things. What we're talking about here is a way to get access to what you've subscribed to legitimately or well, we'll come into that uh, from anywhere you are. And it's not just limited to the BBC. I mean, just having a look through your comparable services here, you've got Amazon Instant Video, BBC iPlayer, you've got Bravo, BT Sports, Canal Play, Cartoon Network, Channel 4, Deezer, Discovery, Disney, Eurosport, Fox Sports, Global, HBO Now, HBO Nordic, <laughs> uh, HBO Go. So, I mean... To be quite honest with you, one of the big reasons I've got it is for so when Game of Thrones uh, starts coming on, uh, I can watch it straight away. <laughs> uh, because it, unless you watch it straight away or the next day, it's almost impossible to avoid spoilers. So you're almost oh. providing a service to you know avoid, avoid spoilers. So one very important question then is, do you think Jon Snow's dead? <laughs> I, I actually were pretty... I've read the books. Let, let me put it that way. So, you know, I, I don't want to avoid any, any spoilers that way. Um, but I, I don't, uh, my theory of it is, and, you know, if you read the books, it kind of hints like this, but doesn't really say it yet, is uh, my theory Jon Snow is coming back from the Red Lady. So I, I think, uh, I, I definitely don't think he's dead, but he's either coming back from the Red Lady or his warg abilities, so he'll, he'll come back to the ghost. But yeah, my boy, my boy, John Snow still lives. <laughs> so right there you are. Right, so we've got him on the podcast now saying that he thinks John Snow is going to live. When Game of Thrones comes back, we'll have you back on uh, and see if you're wrong or right. <laughs> How are you seeing the growth of Blockless going now? Because Netflix said on the on the press the other day that you know, they don't really mind you sharing their password. All they care about is, well, it's hard to know what they care about because... Who are they beholden to? Now, obviously, they've got product placement, which goes a long way to producing content. How are you finding, now that they are sharing, you know, they have said to people, you can share your password, and it is available in so many countries. Have you seen a dramatic rise, or is it you still having like a nice um, growth period? No, definitely. So, like, with, where I've kind of seen the user base from my standpoint, um, when, like, the whole region switching smart DNS and blockless type services came about, it was honestly, and if you look at the major ones, even though they might be located in different countries now for tax reasons or whatever, 
pretty much all the you know the three i can tell you the three and kind of the top five major dns services all originated here in canada actually literally within all two hours of each other um, from toronto to kind of hamilton but originally the you know the market was for us was 90 percent us netflix in canada um that was really what you, you use a block list you use a, a smart dns or even vpn for content it was it's for us netflix but now because there's so many diverse regions for that and especially because you know same thing three years ago you know you'd hear you go to your neighbor's house and see he's watching 30 rock or different titles and what you're access to so it was kind of that mind-blowing thing but now with all the media attention it's got and everything like that this whole geo blocking or us netflix just because that's kind of the biggest thing in our market um everyone kind of knows about it now it's more mainstream so now it's kind of cool to see where instead of people just like okay us netflix it says you know 10 times the volume people are now starting to learn how to use these services where okay you know netflix might have 10 times the content but countries and in, in like argentina uh uk is even a big one i'm not you guys probably know this for was for big for me when uh breaking bad the last season of breaking bad came out amc was actually airing brand new shows of breaking bad on the uk netflix on the monday after they're here on the sunday so i know everyone here was you know go to uk and you can watch breaking bad pretty much live without cable and that's a lot of the big things even with the south american countries like argentina's a gold mine for content and movies so now it's kind of expanding the netflix stuff is you know you figuring out how to use and what regions have all these new contents um but as well the big thing kind of the block this side is kind of now going to the sports stuff, like without like the blackout restrictions. Um, and before, before this whole Netflix everywhere, a big thing with us was, you know, being able to actually sign up for a Netflix account if it wasn't your home country. But now that Netflix is everywhere, um, the beauty is, is, you know, anyone can really sign up for a Netflix account now. You know, you might not get the most content to start off with, but there's tools like us and others out there that are going to do it. So it's now as opposed to that kind of discovery mode where, you know, we have people coming in and, oh, wow, I can get, you know, maybe one or two other regions of Netflix. Now it's more like, okay, you know, what exactly do I want to watch? And there's tools, um, like I know one I use is Likeflix, uh, likeflix.com, where you can search titles and it'll actually tell you what region of Netflix it's on in the world. So you could literally go, you know, Lord of the Rings. I'll use it for example, because I used that this weekend. But I found that Lord of the Rings was in Argentina, Australia. So I was able to watch, you know, I had to change around a little bit, but I could watch all three Hobbits and all three Lord of the Rings movies just by using tools that tell me what region of Netflix it's on. So yeah, I, I say opposed to, you know, that entry entry level when Blocklist and Smart DNS around was, you know, wow, we can watch 10 times more content. Now it's more like, okay, what exactly do I want to watch? And there's tools out there that are going to allow me to find this. Yeah, I mean, there was this week, there was the post that Google, sorry, that Netflix has these hidden categories and you can look films yep. up in these hidden categories. So you've obviously not been affected then by people like Amazon. And it, I, I know we're using Netflix as the main example right now, which quite interesting. We talk about Netflix more than Amazon, really. So you really haven't been affected by the fact that, you know, the big streaming services are basically dropping an entire season all in one go then. No, like it, it definitely, uh, yeah, d as far as like traffic stuff goes, no, that's, that's pretty good. That actually kind of helps us <laughs> more than anything because, you know, the Netflix, say Netflix retention rate, for example, and this is, you know, the legality and kind of you rub our back or rub yours. And obviously we're not affiliated, we're not affiliated with them in any way. But um, yeah, with, 
you know, say, say you just had your home read of Netflix and with Netflix dropping all the series out at once, which I absolutely love binge watching TV shows. Um, you know, you can do that, but now you can kind of expand your catalog and find a whole another set of TV shows that you can binge watch. So I know even for us, we're very affected by, you know, like when Netflix is busy during their peak hours and the seasonal, like in Canada, especially for us, you know, when it snows in Canada and it's freezing cold out and you can't drive, you know, people are staying at home and watching Netflix. So yeah, that, that's definitely, that's actually kind of helped us out. But uh, yeah, no, we're definitely, as far as our patterns go, we are very hand tied with Netflix, but even to kind of take a step away from Netflix or how that's affected us or not is, you know, in the beginning too, like a lot of people came to us, you know, just kind of the US Netflix guys. But now, you know, with services like Amazon Prime and Hulu really stepping up their game, like what I kind of tell people is, you know, Hulu, for example, which that's only available in the US and there's also a pretty popular service for us. You know, Hulu is the Netflix, Hulu is the TV with Netflix is the movies. So, you know, educating people, hey, not only can you use Netflix, because truthfully, from my standpoint, like I, I'm a pretty big sports guy. I like TV and I love movies. So Netflix on its own for me, I wouldn't be able you know, if I had US, UK, Australia, Netflix, that's not enough for me just to cut my cable or cut the cord. So for me, I, and how I've done, like I don't pay for cable or anything, but you know, I need my, you know, my Netflix for my movies. I have my Hulu for my TV shows because Hulu is great because it's very recent television. Um, and then I, I don't use too much of Amazon Prime myself. A lot of my coworkers do love Amazon video and even like the shopping aspect of it and Amazon prime. Uh, but I literally just have like, yeah, but Netflix, I have Hulu. And then I obviously, I use BBC and Sky sports. And then I have my memberships like NHL center ice and NFL game pass. And I will be a bat. I'm a pretty big sports guy. But the nice thing with even these sports services is a, I can simulate regions, say South America or wherever to get the actual price of these memberships for cheaper. That's more only geared towards the sports stuff, but you can also get around all the blackout restrictions, which for someone here like me in Canada, our Rogers owns the Blue Jays, the Maple Leafs, and our, our soccer and football team here in, in Toronto. So literally, if you're watching a game here in Toronto, not through a Rogers-supported service, it's blacked out. So with Blockless, you can you know bypass with the Blockless as well. So... Yeah, for me, it's, it's really been kind of, I, I have pretty much four to five streaming services, memberships active at once. There's also the other one added benefit. If I'm watching a series here in the UK and I'm, uh, I'm away somewhere, I can go into my UK account and pick up where I left off. I'm not trying to remember, well, hang on a sec, what episode and what season mm-hmm. am I on? So that's, a, that's another side benefit as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when, when Netflix releases an entire season at once and you do, you do those blurry binges, it's sometimes it's hard to remember where exactly you left off or, or fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, remind me at the end of the show to ask you for that. What was it called? Lightflix? Yeah, Lightflix. So L-I-K-E-F-L-I-X uh, dot com. I'll, I'll send it up to you and if you do a post or something like that. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's a couple out there, so I, I can kind of give you some thought for that. But Pretty much those types of services will allow you to either search the title or it's even nice to kind of just do like the top five, top 10, like daily updates. So, you know, it'll be like top five comedies or uh, another, actually another really good service is Netflixable. They're a really good one. Uh, like net. So N-E-T flexible, F-L-I-X-A-B-L-E.com. They, they're, they're actually way better than Lightflix. They have kind of every region covered. And I know they're working on with the new regions coming out. They'll tell you what contents on each 
region as well as you can sign up for the newsletter. So <laughs> right to your inbox, it'll kind of tell you that, hey, this is what you should watch for the next week, which when you have been watching a ton of Netflix, you know, sometimes the biggest problem is you might can relate to this when you're just going through all the catalog being like, oh, what do I want to watch? You know, you can't really figure it out. Uh, services like this are great because, you know, you'll get a review on a, a film you might not have even heard of and then you watch it and it's your next favorite flick. So yeah, those, those services are definitely, you kind of use the block list with the streaming services with services like more flicks or sorry, like flicks or Netflixable. Um, they're really, uh, they really allow you to get access to anything you want. What I have here is I've got the new Apple TV uh, and I use Blockless on that. But on my Mac, uh, I use use it with my normal DNS setting. Now, to use Blockless, you've got to change your DNS setting. And I know that some people out there are going to be, you know, they're going to have the black hat, they're going to have the tinfoil hat on to say, oh, hang on a sec, I'm passing <laughs> all of my HTTP requests and HTTPS and all that sort of, st- sort of stuff through a DNS server somewhere in the world and you know that people are quite rightly security conscience absolutely what would, what would you say to people who are going to be a little bit worried about changing uh, a dns setting which by the way don't be put off changing your dns setting it really really does take probably two to three minutes maximum if you don't know what you're doing and you read your step-by-step guides which they've got for pretty much almost every device out there so what would you say to those who are going to be a bit worried about using a DNS service? Well, for the first off, I would say it is awesome and you should be <laughs> always a little cautious and not worried, but kind of know what you're getting into. So I'll kind of explain the block side and even kind of the, the mar- our marketing industry, how that works. Uh, Cause there has, the ball has been dropped by a couple of people in that regards. So as far as the security side goes and the functionality the nice thing about Blockless and the reason, and you know, I, the biggest thing when I've told you know, I'm out for a couple of drinks and tell people what I do and try to get a Blockless account or get my friends or family, the number one thing I always hear is, "Hey, what I can get these free codes online." So, <laughs> the reason you pay for a Blockless membership and we don't give you free codes online is because all our costs or revenue and uh, commissions or whatever you want to call it are all earned up front. So we can pay our employees, we can pay our bills, and we do not have to sell or track your information. So with that being said, with the Blockless service, we do not track, we do not keep any logs. All your browsing data is completely private. The only thing I can tell you is I can tell the region that an account has selected, and I can tell what IP address is synced to an account, and that's because we have the same two DNS service for every single client we have. How we give access to these DNS servers is actually by validating that your IP account is attached to an active blockless account. Now, to take a step back for the people that are worried about traffic in, you know, maybe their banking and private information, the advantage of using a blockless DNS service versus, say, something like a VPN is with blockless, we don't actually take your traffic through a private encrypted tunnel. So this would mean if you're using a VPN, all your internet is going through almost this bottleneck which is creating a private network. But the problem is, say you're, you know, you're simulating the US or the UK and I'm here in Canada. If I do any search results on Google, you know, it's going to be related to the country I'm simulating. If I try to do my bank account, my bank's probably going to flag you know, uh, suspicious activity. I know even with Gmail, VPN will kind of big old suspicious activity flag. With a DNS, we actually only reroute our supported service. So, you know, like the Netflix, the Hulu, the sports stations. So all your regular activity will not be affected at all. 
And as well as obviously we don't keep any logs of that. Now to kind of touch on the industry side of things and you know this free DNS code, not bashing free DNS code and the fact like 100% don't use it, not all are bad, but a good majority of these providers out there, you know, the codes on YouTube, um, there's a couple free proxies and servers you can kind of get out there or apps that will give you free stuff. If you actually read their terms and service and there's been some pretty notorious fallouts for some of these companies getting busted, what they actually do is they sell your browsing data. So they'll, you know, advertisers, especially if, you know, for Google AdSense or even Facebook redirect ads, Facebook, not so much but more for Google AdSense, you know, you search on a website <laughs> and then you go and you see your traffic there. Um, that kind of stuff, even for marketers, there was one big company, I won't mention any names, uh, but they were actually selling their free Chrome extension. They were selling users bandwidth and IP addresses like for a separate VPN company. So this literally means someone, you know, you sign up for a free trial, it's great, got my US Netflix, but, you know, if someone over in Asia is using your VPN and band, or, v, or sorry, your IP address to access illegal sites or child porn or anything like that. So be very cautious with the free services out there. Not all are bad, but truthfully, I would do research and I would read <laughs> terms of service if I was to ever use a free DNS code and definitely don't use any that you get off YouTube because that's just sketchy. Well, not even it's not even only the ones that look a bit sketchy and are just trying to scam your details, Ivy. There's been some really high-profile apps I reviewed in the past, and one was called... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually featured on TV. Uh, and it was pitched that they would compress your data. So if you're on a limited data plan, it would compress your data, compress your JPEGs. And, you know, you think, oh, that's absolutely fantastic. And all for the great old price of free. And I thought, well, that's okay. Let's go and have a look at this. And then I read the terms and conditions. They didn't tell you where they stored their data, how secure it was. But what they did tell you was they were selling your data, selling mm -hmm. where you've been, what you've done, how long you've done it for. Literally any single byte of information that was coming through to your iPhone would be going through this third-party uh, proxy. It was a certificate, I believe, uh, and was being sold on. Uh, and the second that I saw that, I instantly pulled it. Not that I've got anything to... Um, to hide and i suppose if you if you are on a low data cap and you do want to eke out as much as you can then yes it's a fair enough service but you, you've touched on it there's just so many services out there now that are just willing to pry and sell you uh google especially uh facebook and literally all the other ad trackers mm. out there you you really can't be too careful now this brings us on nicely to one of the other benefits of using blockless in the terms of content blocking. Yeah, that was a really nice. Uh, so you see, that was almost seamless. <laughs> that if I ever do, if I ever do a, um, a highlight show, that's going to be the one. <laughs> so we prepared for this. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So for uh, one of the other kind of benefits, as you just touched upon with the blockless DNS, is actually our, our smart guard feature. So uh, this this was included free trial paid with our DNS, no extra cost. Um, but this is a really cool tool because obviously it works on your computer and stuff, but unlike many of the ad blockers out there, because it works on the DNS level, and I probably should have touched on this a bit earlier, but I didn't, one of the other major advantages between like a smart DNS and blockless service is the ability to work on your actual streaming devices. So like your Xbox, as you said, your Apple TV. Um, so with the ad blocker, it can actually work through an Apple TV level. So YouTube's probably the best example for this. And I know... This is kind of thing my friends, you know, friends, family, or people I talk to with the service are like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Is 
for YouTube, as long as you're connected to a Wi-Fi network and not satellite, because satellite overrides a DNS connection, YouTube will play without ads. And once you get used to YouTube without ads, yep. it is very hard to go back otherwise. Yeah, like creating creating playlists in YouTube is fantastic when you don't have to listen to the Ford card commercial every <laughs> every three minutes. So yeah, that, that's definitely a huge feature. And the other thing with pop-ups, especially on a computer standpoint, even to tie into that safety is you know the malware and those vicious pop-ups where you can accidentally click and completely get yourself into trouble with your computer. Uh, it also prevents those type of attacks as well. So even though it isn't that full encrypted VPN side of it, it still does give you an extra layer of privacy and security for your devices. Now, one quick question. Uh, this is all. This was the bone of contention of many content blockers on iOS. Is there any whitelisting support, or is it just sort of users have to place their faith in you uh, technically? Like, I like whitelisting, like, uh, like them being able to like add a, a domain or. So, if they went to, to my website and they wanted yep. to whitelist it, essentialmac.co.uk, gratuitous plug there, uh, they could add that to a whitelist and let adverts through. Is that possible? Now, it's from a user end, we don't have that built in yet. Um, something we have considered, but what usually we do, uh, we do actually take requests like to us. So, if there was like a site, like there is a couple of sites, like Viewers, for example. I know I even have sites out there, uh, like Legflix, for example, a good one that they do the content and stuff. Uh, we will remove the ad blocking. Our ad blockers more is really more geared towards the vicious stuff, like the, the intrusive, vicious pop-ups, opposed to just like you know a nice clean banner ad. Um, so we our, our smart guards kind of it will let a lot of you know the regular advertisements through. It's more so for the really annoying intrusive pop-ups and the YouTube specifics are the main one we focus on. But I, I even know because, like for me, I'm I'm an advertiser marketer myself. Um, sometimes I, I want to see the Google ads <laughs> and then kind of the results that come up. So we we have kind of played around with that. But if there ever is a service or website that's a problem, um, our support team is fantastic that way, where you can just message us in and we'll we'll kind of whitelist that website to allow stuff through. And I can contest firsthand because when we first started speaking and you said, "Oh, here, try this out," and I did. Um, I had no end of problem coming onto Netflix. And fair enough, you went away and you came back two minutes later. Was not a fault of blockless in the slightest. It's just that at that particular time, at that particular moment in space, Netflix decided to push out a whole UI update. And so it was so it's just a case of waiting for the internet to catch up. So that was brilliant. Have you um have you tried blockless with anything like Twitch and Ustream? Because I know that you used to be able to block the pre-roll adverts on Twitch until recently. And I know that if you use Ustream, uh, but and I don't know many people who do, if I'm honest, uh, you can use Google Adblock to stop the annoying Google adverts. Have you tried any of those services? No, that's actually a really good question. Um, I'm just trying to think, because I actually, I, I used to switch on my Xbox One, which has the block set up. I can't really think of seeing advertisements now that you mention it. So I don't know if it's actually working by default, but let, let me look into that and I can follow up with you. But uh, yeah, no, we should. In theory, Twitch should be supported. I just can't think off the top of my head if it is or it isn't, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'd give it like a 65% yes that it's, it's working on Twitch. But as far as the technology goes, it 100% would be able to work with Twitch. If that's something we wanted to look at or remove those ads, um, that's definitely manageable. But I just, I don't know off the top of my head if... It is or isn't because I actually haven't used the service myself in probably three weeks. So I'll have to follow up with you on that one. 
Cool. Well, and obviously we'll have sort of some notes in the transcript of this uh, of this chat on the on the website. Is there any restriction of the number of devices that could sign? So, if I go ahead now and get a, a blockless account, is there any restriction on the number of devices I can use, or can I just set everything to go through it? Yes, yeah, so zero zero restriction on devices. So, or let me remember that. So, um, zero. You can use as many devices as you like that are connected to the same network. So, and just how that works is, you know, you could have 20 computers, iPads, iPhones, Xboxes, whatever you want going on, as long as your blocks account is synced to the same IP address. The only area you'd have problems is, say, you have block this and you manage everything on your computer side. Then you are, say, at work, at the library, visiting a friend's house, and you want to kind of use your block list there. You 100% can. Um, in our service, we actually have a self kind of management app. But what you can do is you can actually sync your IP to that location. Oops, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me rephrase that. So yeah, you can sync your IP to that location, and then it'll take away the access from your home network, just because we actually authorize and give access through the IP being synced to your DNS account or your Blocks account. So then, if you moved it, use it at a different location, your home networks wouldn't be able to access the Blockless service unless the IP was synced up again. Does that make sense? Yep. So basically, if I, well, this has happened to me. So I was at home and I've got Blockless set up and running. I then head to my girlfriend's and I literally just have to tap a button to say, update my location, because technically what it's doing is saying you've got a new IP address. May or you may or may not have an IP address, but normally if you're switching networks, we're not talking about the IP address of your machine. We're talking about your IP address that goes from your router or doohickey that connects to the internet outwards. And basically, that is what you're telling Blockless that you're going to update, and that's where it should send the the internet to. You, you correct. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and I'll, I will say, and this does sound like you know we're doing a bit of an infomercial, but I've always said in all my years of writing and reviewing that I won't give a time of day to anything that's either hard work or is overly complex. If there's any sort of pop-up banners, if there's anything flashy like that, I just simply won't use it. And I, I got to admit, when I, when you said, oh, do you fancy giving it a try? I had my sceptical hat on. And now I, I really don't even think uh, twice about it. Like I said to you, I've got my Apple TV set up with Oculus. I've got my Mac set up normally. So if I want to, I just airplay UK content to Apple TV when supported uh, and on my iPad as well that's set up to be uh, on blockless and other than my free trial running out I really really haven't had a problem I haven't noticed any downplay in speed there's been no problems with getting to my mail or anything like that no problems with FTPing no problems with accessing my website in fact one thing that it has helped me with, and this is something I've just remembered, is on my website, I have uh, a geolocation filter, which basically tells, speaking of adverts, tells the Amazon links what country you're in to be able to redirect you to that right country. So by using Blockless, I could pretend I was in America, visit my site just to test that the adverts are working, uh, and it did. So that was a nice side benefit. Oh, yeah. That's, that's all. And actually, just to kind of touch on the whole ease of use, because... Uh, I'm the same way, like, obviously I've been around technology and <laughs> have a background, but if something's difficult or complicated, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to want to figure it out. I'll just kind of move on to the next one. Um, but especially with Apple products, like, uh, you know, the Apple TV, the iPad, you know, the manual DNS setup is probably one of the easiest. But we actually now also have a Mac dedicated 
app or client almost, I guess you would call it for DNS. So on an actual Mac computer, um, and you'll you're kind of any new sign up coming in now will get kind of prompted if they select the Mac setup option. Is we actually have this DNS client that will automatically set up the DNS servers. So you don't even on a Mac computer now, you don't even have to go into the, you know, the system preferences, the network, then like manually add the DNS. You can literally just click, install the blockless app, and then you know you'll have that nice little blockless lock on the top of your your browser there, your sorry your screen, and you can not only automatically so you can automatically set it up. You can actually automatically also sync your IP address. So say your computer was your main source. You know, whenever my computer changes IP, it'll automatically do that for me. So I don't even have to do any manual adjustment, as well as it'll help me select, you know, you can select any of our 27 supported regions, get all the services or get our support through that way. And what I'm really excited about is that's actually coming to the iTunes store within two to three months at the absolute maximum. So we'll actually have a blockless app on iTunes for your iPad, your iPhone. Maybe one day it could even work on the Apple TV where the whole manual installation process is completely wiped clean. So you And the setup is almost 100% when you use the client because it's all automated for you. That, that's impressive. How, how on earth are you doing that? So, they'll, so just to recap, there's going to be an app for, for iOS that's going to allow blockless to update your DNS entries on ios yeah it's uh the, so it's actually a funny story how we came across this is one of um actually my support manager um who's a good good buddy of mine we were not me but our head network engineer was doing uh, <laughs> a screen share with him one day to kind of just go over some basic support stuff and he noticed he had uh, this kind of node script like a file that's like block this setup on his de- desktop and this was actually through windows first and kind of asked me like hey what's like, what, what is this? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, I kind of wrote the script to automatically go through the steps to turn on and turn off my blockless client. <laughs> it was kind of light bulb went on. And we we're like, holy smokes, this is, this is what we need for everything. Um, so, yeah, from the technology part of it, it's pretty much yeah, just the way the client goes. Very similar to a VPN client that way, but, you know, obviously you don't have to go through the whole the protocols and stuff like that. So it's a very light at client. It's not a heavy download, still safe and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, that's pretty much it. The technology is a bit more complex, a bit over my head, but all I know is you can click it, it connects, and if I want it off, I can turn it off. So it's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. That, well, just let me know when it's released and I'll put it up on the website. And if people aren't convinced by the service, and, and like I say, this sounds like I'm horribly, horribly shilling it, but you know, I do believe in promoting good products and yeah, that's why yeah, I got you on the show well, we have kind of been planning this for two months and just for one reason or another, it never happened. I, like I said, I'm using it you know, every day. I'm, I just need to renew my account. I, yeah, I'm a paid-up member you know, of Blockless. If people want to give this a try, the best thing as well, you don't have to pay anything up front. Now, this may have changed, and feel free to correct me. You can trial Blockless just by creating a login for yourself and you get three days to try all of the features for free. Is that right? Uh, uh, seven days, but seven. yeah, everything, everything else is right. <laughs> so, so you can go on to well, we'll have a, we'll have a link in the show notes. So if you can use that to go through, uh, that just shows them that you know you appreciate the people coming on the show and you enjoying the podcast. You can go through and, like I said, seven days free trial. We don't have to put any payment information. You, know, you guys have got way too much respect for people than to go put your credit card information in, and if you don't 
cancelled in seven days, we're going to bill you automatically, which just shows yeah, a little bit of class, to be honest. Oh, I even truthfully, like my even, you know, the seven day trial, I see this all the time too. People sign up, don't use it. Um, as you, you kind of hit on the head, like we're, we're all about the people. We're just like, you know, everyone else who just wants access to good content. You know, you miss your a couple of days, didn't have enough days to try it out. <laughs> even just shooting our, our support team a message and telling them that, we'll always give you a couple of days extension. And as you mentioned, no credit card or payment information is required unless you actually want to pay for the paid service. And there is no restrictions on the free service as well. So I, I get that question a lot. Like, oh, what, you know, the free trial, I'm only going to get so many regions or speed or support. No, we, if you're a free trial customer to us, you are just as valuable as a fully paid customer and get all the same benefits, features, and support. And for those wondering how easy is it to use Blockless, it's all done via a really, really nice website. You literally just go to blockless.com, go to your dashboard, and it'll tell you what country that you're in. And if you want to simulate another country, you just literally click on that country. Uh, that's it. You can pretend that you're somewhere else on the planet. Setup is easy as well. And as I, I'll touch on this again. You know, Some people might be put off with changing their DNS settings, but I think you've pretty much got every device uh, available on there. And if not, I'm sure you know, just get in touch oh, with yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we support all the major devices. If new one, not some we don't support comes out, literally just email, uh, you know, help, help at blockless.com or you can email me personally at ryan at blockless.com and we're, we're always very open and flexible that way. What are you looking, so just shifting things forward a little bit, what are you most looking forward to coming out this year? I'm sort of semi-hopeful that House of Cards season four is going to be uh, going to be quite good. Yeah, I'm, oof, that's a tough one. Um, I guess for the Netflix exclusives, I, I just finished watching The Last Kingdom, uh, which that, that got me pretty amped up. I'd, I'd say that's kind of a, not exactly Game of Thrones, but kind of that medieval time area. I'm a big, big fan of that. Uh, so Last Kingdom, I don't think that's on next year, but I, I guess Marco Polo, that comes out, I believe, in the See, spring of this year, I, I think. just so, never got into that. It just never sucked me in. I mean, it it looks good. It visually, it's brilliant, but it just never seemed to sort of get anywhere or do anything. I, I, I've heard quite a few people actually with that same opinion of that. I, I, I just kind of like the. I kind of just love that era, so that that was good for me. But House of Cards definitely Kevin Spacey's. Uh, he's pretty legit, so that that show should be good. And what else is going on? It's pretty good. Uh, actually, I just I just got into Lawnmere, <laughs> so I still have two seasons I have to watch of that. But I'm not sure if you've ever seen that show, but it's pretty much like a you know Southern or Wyoming sheriff in the states there, and he's kind of a cowboy. It's, it's pretty it's pretty good. <laughs> so I'd recommend watching that if you haven't. But yeah, I know the new the new House of Cards is going to be pretty epic. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because even, even though I've been binge watching uh, Man in the High Castle and I'm almost at the end of it, which is why I was sort of like a little bit late this evening. I'll, I'll put my hands up to that one. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Because you get to the end and there's like there's this cliffhanger just going, but but where was the next episode? And then you realise you've got to wait six to eight months for it. And it it just doesn't look like streaming TV is going to be backing down uh, anytime soon. Well, I think that's uh, I think that pretty much covers everything, really. So unless we've missed anything of the service, we've gone through how to set it up, privacy, everything like that. It's, uh, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, I think so. If, if there's ever any questions or anyone's listening is kind of curious, um, I'm pretty well connected in kind of every aspect of this business. So if you ever want to talk to me personally, ask me questions, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at blocklist.com. 
So yeah, if anybody has questions, let me know if you have technical stuff or support. We literally have one of the best support teams in the business. So if you ever have any questions, please let me know. And if you ever want me back on the show and people don't hate me too much, then I'd be more than happy to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be grand to get you on just to talk about some more of the tech that you've got. Uh, you know, are you a Windows user or a Mac user? I already picked up on the fact that you called football by its wrong name. <laughs> football Sorry. is football, not soccer. <laughs> I, do you know what? I'm, I'm a huge NFL fan and I, I also love the, the true football as well. And I, I think it's outrageous that they stole your name. So I'm I don't I don't like that fact that the NFL did that. So well, the good news is, if you use a bit of a service called uh, Blockless, you'll be able to watch how NFL should be played without the pads, and it's called rugby. <laughs> so, because the Six Nations starts in February, the first weekend of February, and you get to see how proper men play it, and we don't take yeah. four hours to do it, although. <laughs> I would go to an NFL game uh, just to go and do what, what is it called when you're the just all parked up? That's the one. Yeah, you know, that's, I've, I've been to a couple NFL games in my career and I, I don't remember many of them, but the, the parking lot times are usually pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, so brilliant. Ryan, so this has been Ryan from Blockless on the show. Ryan, thank you very, very much for coming and we'll definitely have you back on the show. I've got a few ideas to talk to you uh, off air and uh, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, you're very welcome, Mark. It was an absolute pleasure and looking forward to the future. Brilliant. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I, I, To be honest, we had a cracking time doing it. Off the air, we discussed a few ideas and it might have sounded a little bit like an infomercial, but it, that's just the way it goes sometimes. When you find a product you like, the company comes across as being genuine and if you've listened to this podcast, you know how important it is for a company to actually, well... Same like the give a damn. You can try Blockless for absolutely free for seven days. So you, you really do have nothing to lose. Right, coming up next is Nemo's Hardware Store. And like me this week, Nemo also has a guest. So John, over to you. Well, look who just wandered into Nemo's Hardware Store. It's Bob Levitis. Great to see you again, Bob. Good to see you too, Nemo. Nice story you got here. Thanks for bringing in these three books. I've got iPhone for dummies, I've got iPad for dummies, and I've got OS X El Capitan for dummies. And these books are very reasonable. The list price, well, $30. And They're way cheaper at Amazon. Very good. And let's talk about the uh, iPhone for dummies, because I know that's the one that most of our listeners are going to be interested in. How do you use Siri to play songs and find photos? I guess this would apply to the iPad as well as the iPhone. Absolutely. Just ask. Just press the big button and say, play music by the Beatles or play music by whatever your favorite band is or play your favorite song. Or my favorite is play songs that were popular in 1969. Siri's much smarter than it was before. Yeah, Siri in, in iOS 9 has gotten a lot more intelligent, uh, especially when it comes to things like your music. And uh, pictures that are taken with your iPhone or iPad camera are geotagged. So you can say, show me pictures of me in Greece. And if you were in Greece last year with your iPhone, all the pictures from Greece will show up, which is very cool because looking for them the other way is kind of a pain. Now, also new in iOS 9 is a more robust formatting toolbar, I guess you'd call it that, in the new Mail app. How can you use formatting, attachments, markup? What's all the new stuff in the iOS 9 Mail app? 
Well, I, I tend to be a purist, and I uh, don't use most of that stuff because it's frou-frou, and I believe email should be pure text. But it's all there, and it's all pretty obvious. If you need to use any of those features, if you need to mark up a, a, a PDF and send it back to someone, you can now do that right from within mail, which is pretty sweet. As far as formatting, I don't go in much for formatting email. I try to just spell and punctuate properly and you know leave it at that. But you can. And you've also now got a paste button whenever you're typing, which I think may be even more convenient than everything they did with mail. Because most people didn't know if you had something on the clipboard, you had to tap twice to get the paste button to come up. So now there's, you know, a, a permanent paste button, and I think people are using copy and paste a lot more now. Good, and that's, that's a welcome improvement. Now, there's something called Stocks, not just in notifications, but there's actually a Stocks app. And in your book, you mentioned some secret details. What are those secret details? One of them is if you turn the app sideways when you're looking at one of the graphs, you can put two fingers on the graph and spread them apart, and it will show you the stock prices at the start and finish, your left finger and your right finger. So you can show for any uh, spread of time just by moving your fingers around, which is pretty cool. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, that's fine. Now, there's something called the slide keyboard technique. Is this like playing the slide guitar? Kind of. The thing is, when you go to punctuate, you usually have to tap three times. You have to tap on the little button to get the punctuation keyboard, tap on the punctuation, and then tap on the little uh, icon again to go back sometimes. Two or three taps. With the slide, you do it all in one tap. And the instructions are in the book, and I'll leave it to the readers to either find that online or buy a copy. But it's very simple, and once you learn how to do it, you will find that you type probably 25% faster because you're not tap, tap, tapping every time you need a punctuation mark. You can basically go get it and jump right back to where you were. How much of the content in your iPhone and iPad dummies books is brand new as opposed to stuff that you've been able to carry over from the past? I'd say about 30%. It it depends. Uh, This year it was a little lighter. It might have been 20%, 25% because there were so few new apps and features. This release was really focused on fixing all the of the stuff that wasn't quite baked yet. And so it's a stability release, and, and it, it didn't have a ton of architectural or procedural changes. So this book, the ninth edition, probably only has 20% new material, but the 80% has been revised now eight times. So, you know, it, it's spot on. It's been looked at a million times by lots of people, and, you know, I know that almost everything in there is right. Now, you mentioned something called conference calling. I've never used conference calling on my iPhone. What do you suggest we do to improve our conference calling? Just make a second call. And it's so easy. When you're dialing your phone, there's a button that you can press while you're on your call. And you just tap on it to make another call, to call another person. And then you conference them together. There's a button right on the screen. It all happens right on the screen. All you have to do is tap. And I think we have guaranteed that the readers of the books and the listeners to our show will benefit from learning the lessons and the tutorials and the screenshots and all the sidebars that you and your co-writer, Edward Begg, have put into these books over the years. But do people need the dummies book for the iPad if they have a pad and a phone, but they only want to get one book? I'd say if you can, in your head, if you can substitute the word iPad for iPhone, and ignore all the chapters about telephone, the books are pretty close because obviously iOS is the same on either device. So half of the book is overlap 
and the other half is, you know, iPad exclusive, but there's not that many things on the iPad that are exclusive. You know, you've got your split screen and you've got your uh, picture in picture and things like that. But for the most part, it's just a big old iPhone without a phone. And so, you know, if you've got the iPhone book and you own an iPad, you probably already know most of the tricks. Speaking of tricks, you mentioned something called a cheat sheet. Extras and updates. What the heck are those three things? Oh, those are all the online stuff. My publisher's gotten into uh, creating an online environment to go with our books. So we have a little uh, space up there. The, the URL's in the book. I don't know it off the top of my head. But you can go there, and there's a, a cheat sheet with a bunch of uh, quick tips. that you. And this is for readers and non-readers. Anybody can go to the, oh, good. Uh, to the For Dummies website and... It's dummies.com, and there's a bunch of stuff up there. I've, I've written probably uh, more than a dozen pretty long articles, things that got cut from the book for length, things that didn't fit anymore that I thought were still relevant. So there's a bunch of stuff up there. They've just given us kind of a playground. So all of that stuff is online. And we add to it. If Apple were to uh, add a feature in iOS 9.3 or 4, we'd write an article and get it up there within a week or two. And, you know, that would make your book complete even though we hadn't released a new version. You know, when the new features come out or if there's, uh, say, say there were malware of some sort, new malware, we'd write something up and put it on the web, and that way your book stays current uh, until the next edition comes out. You have access to all of the notes from the last nine editions, so everything is still oh. up there unless it's completely out of date. Terrific. So there's a lot of material up there, not just from my book, from all of Dummy's books. It's, it's actually a, a pretty good resource. And let's just add with a quick teaser for your amazing multimedia Bob Levitus TV. Just pe give people a quick commercial for your fantastic television series. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm developing a TV show. Uh, I'd like to get it on Netflix or Hulu or uh, Amazon Prime or any cable network. I mean, I'd like to have a half-hour TV show about technology. And the way I went about doing it was I just started making segments that would be on this show if I were to have a show. So I've done six of them there at BobLevitas.tv. I'm working on the seventh, but it's a doozy. It's, I wrote a song. And so it's the next episode will be about the song, and there'll be a music video, and I'm going to release the song to iTunes, and you'll be able to see the music video there and probably YouTube and wherever else I can get them to host it. It's called iTunes Must Die. <laughs> well, we want to keep you alive, and we want to thank you very much for the wonderful books you've written. We'll have a follow-up interview at some point to learn a little bit more about your background and how you happen to be a technology writer and a, and a guru. Plus, I have some personal Bob Levitus anecdotes that we can talk about. So, <laughs> so thanks for showing up today at Nemo's Hardware Store. It's a treat to get to be with you again, Bob. Hey, anytime. Cheers, John, once again for another excellent Nemo's Hardware Store and good to see you having someone in there to interview for a change. As always, you'll be able to find John over at the MyMac.com website and any of the links mentioned in the show will be available in the show notes attached to this podcast or in the show notes over at AscendYourMac.co.uk. Of course, anything that that's available on Amazon, if you click our link, you're helping to directly support the show because we get a really, really small commission for anything we sell that goes via our link. It doesn't even have to be the thing that we've linked to. Once you've clicked on our link, as long as you stay in that same session, you don't close your browser, we get a very small kickback and it is hugely, hugely appreciated. 
So I guess the only thing that remains to be said is how to get in touch with us. You can get hold of John over at MyMac.com. You can get hold of me on the Twitter at OceanSpeed or via EssentialMac.co.uk. And if you're listening to this and you've enjoyed the show or you want to leave some feedback, then one will do so via iTunes. It's been three months. Now, I can only imagine out there in the world of the internet... There's a bit of a Mexican standoff going, like saying, well, I'm not going to write a review unless you write a review. So who's going to break the stalemate? No, seriously, if you can leave some feedback, that would be absolutely awesome. And as always, all feedback will get left out on, will get read out on this show. And so finally, in the, in the week that saw the sad passing of a pop legend of David Bowie, all that remains for me to say is, cheerio everyone, and we'll see you next time. Ta-da!